Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Got It. What a show we have lined up today. I am super, super excited. Um, sorry, I will stop the singing. I will, I promise. Um, I'm just getting carried away because today we have on the show a real hero and inspiration of mine, uh, Matt Ludwig. So I'm so, so excited. I just hope it all works well because he's obviously in America. I'm obviously in Scotland. Um, so I'm just really, really hoping it all goes it all goes to plan. For any of you who do not know about this man, I just wanted to give you a bit of a quick intro about Matt. So Matt was diagnosed with psoriasis 10 years ago. He has had some of the most extensive psoriasis that I have seen and over the past few years he started a journey of healing on his own by keeping a kind of psoriasis diary and um, started diet and lifestyle intervention to heal his psoriasis and started kind of blogging and vlogging about his journey and sharing his story of healing and that's how I came across Matt it was just online and you know I was just kind of mesmerised by I guess I guess his skin initially and the changes that he'd made through kind of diet and lifestyle intervention and Matt now runs the very very popular psoriasis healing warriors on Facebook which I am always banging on about and always telling people to get on the group if people have psoriasis anyone who reaches out on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere eh, and they're looking for support or they're looking for a new avenue I always let them know about this group because it is a really powerful group Eh, there's almost 16,000 members now Um, so if you're not on psoriasis healing warriors I would recommend that you get on board it's just such a positive environment and such a an excellent healing community and I think I'd been on lots of forums before um, over the kind of 18 years that I had psoriasis and there was generally quite a lot of negativity and depression which to be honest when you're dealing with a condition like that is understandable but it can also really bring you down and I think um, what Matt brought was hope <laughs> and I think uh, when you've struggled with a condition for so many years for someone to be so hopeful and optimistic whose skin is it was quite severe I just think eh, honestly it was like a little a little angel um <laughs> he doesn't mind me saying that about him but um but yeah so so Matt was um was one of the the first people that I came across online um when looking into diet and lifestyle intervention for psoriasis and his advice and and direction was invaluable um he proposed many of the things that I'd read about through Pagano's healing psoriasis book um, but he really brought them to life you know because it was a video it was a vlog he was talking about his experience and I mean he talked about many useful additions like lemon water increasing your water intake focusing on alkaline and green juice and and some of the other things things I learned from Matt were really the kind of mental elements of the healing process um, which can often be as challenging if not more so than the the physical so 
a lot of things that he kind of prescribes or suggests is like, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be obsessed with the progress that you're making. Focus on what to add in rather than what you're subtracting. Um, the transition slowly and embrace the long journey. Um, you know, we're so in in a place where we want a quick fix. We want it fixed tomorrow. We want the drugs. We want this. We want that. That will just cure us. You know, where's the cure? Where's the cure? And actually, you know, healing does take a little bit of time and it's a full body and mind process. You know, other things, uh, strive to minimise acidic foods, but try not to cut anything out completely. You know, that's his approach. But have like a treat or two, um, you know, during the week or every other week and you know most importantly like don't don't kind of measure your progress by any one given day good or bad because you know psoriasis does fluctuate a lot um, and you know it can and especially when you're doing a diet and lifestyle intervention it can tend to get worse before it gets better which is so demotivating uh, I just can't even like explain how depressing that is especially when you are putting your heart and soul into it so if there's anyone out there listening at the moment who is trying diet and lifestyle and their skin is getting worse just bear with it honestly it is hell on earth but it is worth it is worth keeping with it so please do um, and you will reap the rewards I promise so Matt's videos inspired me massively um, and it was amazing to see the changes he made and continues to make and his absolute passion for diet and lifestyle is infectious so I'm really really excited to have him here today and and chat to him about psoriasis it's really exciting to have him here today so uh, thank you for joining us on Gutted. Yes, it's so great to be here on Gutted. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the gut. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, where where to start, Matt? Uh, there's so much to talk about. Where does the journey begin? <laughs> I know, yeah. Do you want to give a little background about how you got to this point? Like, what, what yeah. your journey has been? Yeah, the warrior's healing journey. So my background, I mean, when it comes to psoriasis, that beast came into my life at about oh, 20 years old as after uh, a knee surgery. And uh, I'd also had a, a jaw surgery. And it was the first time in my life I had taken a lot of antibiotics for that. So it was a lot of trauma. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in my life. And then the the, the scalp started showing the, the, the pee and... That went on for 10 years of it being mild on my scalp, and then it starts to spread. And when I would get sick, it would spread a lot. And I was doing you know, topical treatments for it, and that just wasn't working for me. And then they, they went, we tried methotrexate, and that really hurt me. And uh, Okay, so you, you tried methotrexate then? Yeah, methotrexate was my last voyage into a pharmaceutical treatment. I it was the I was excited. I remember being excited at the time because that was after eight years of the topicals, which would make it just make it spread when I stopped using them. So I was kind of like I, I was mild until I used topical steroids, and then it was moderate, and then it was moderate. And I used methotrexate, and then it became severe. <laughs> and uh, and and I did the trexate, and when it became severe after I stopped it because it was just my insides were, were hurting, uh, and I might I had low low energy, and the symptoms came back in a severe, which then I 
was offered the biologic injections and that that was the flip for me that was the the kind of the the finish of the journey of the victim and the journey of the warrior kind of began in the middle part of 2012 and so for the last um seven years just was simply based on i wanted to be in the game i wanted to gain more control over the ins and outs of this chronic issue and i was clear to me that the practitioners and specialists i'd worked to that point had a very low understanding and had a low interest in talking about cause and effect. And so my premise going forward was to just intervene in my, everything that went in my mouth and everything that went through my head. And uh, it's been, yeah, a seven year journey now of, of, of natural healing. It's been beautiful. It's just, it's just wonderful. I love how you talk about that that mindset change from victim. Uh, I had a very, very similar experience um, and actually, I've been listening. I don't know if you know of David Goggins. Uh, he's an American guy, Navy SEAL. Um, but I've been listening to yes. his stuff all the time. Yes, it's amazing. I do. And uh, and he talks so much about that mindset and and how like he talks about where he came from and his experience in life and like how nobody is a victim and how if you can just shift that mindset and it doesn't matter like how bad things are. Um, you know, that's just your starting point and start there. And uh, yeah, I think that's such a powerful message. That's right. I think the starting points are every moment is a starting point. Uh, every moment is an ending point. Every moment is the only place where anything can be accomplished is there. And, and, and you know, you're, you're the first of your powerful steps to clear psoriasis in your book that I just finished last night, which is a great uh, pointed read, by the way, for someone who needs uh, just a tutorial on how to get things done, which is how I like, you know, your first powerful step is mindset. And it, it, I, I, I skipped that step completely. Uh, when my first two, oh, two and a half years of my natural healing journey. So from, uh, you know, 2012 to 14 or 15, and I had success in clearing my skin. Uh, and, and that was amazing. And, 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 uh, but there was an egotistical aspect to my progress and success. And I kind of felt I was done with it. And for me, that wasn't the case. And so, I uh, then had to start realizing that that my mentality, the way I was treating myself and speaking to myself was still very stress inducing. Uh, I was generating a lot of stress, even though I was getting results. And that was the mental game, uh, the, the mental trick is, well, you know, I was still kind of treating myself the same way, I'm very competitive myself, very hard on myself. Where can I do better? Uh, wh- you know, where can I improve my practice? It was coming from a lot of my, my background uh, in basketball, as what in my coaches and my sports. I mean, that was the most influential aspect of my childhood and adolescence. So, so a lot of my basis and a lot of my success with psoriasis healing warriors is based in in practice, practice, practice. But still, I realized at that point there's a practice mentally and emotionally as much as there is physically, and and that's that's helped me a lot. What kind of things did you do then to kind of help support that mental change? Well, I, uh, I, at that time, psoriasis came back after it had cleared and this time it had been, had came back as an erythrodermic form. So I'd had all the other forms before the, uh, inverse gutit, uh, plaque was the worst, scalp was the worst and the longest. And, uh, this time it just spread and covered every inch of my legs and torso and eventually back arms, 
neck, head, just just one big red man walking around. And so, of course, this was after two years of diet intervention where I thought I had everything figured out. I was sharing this with people online and other people were having success. And I was like, great, this is even further vindication that this is works. And I had, an, like I said, an egotistical approach about this being the way to do it and for everyone and myself included. But uh, when it came back big time, I had to spend a lot of time in the tub. <laughs> and when I was in the bathtub... <laughs> I was in the bathtub. It, it, it was just me removing my de- the dead skin from all over my body. And I needed something to work on. If I'm going to be sitting in that tub for two or three hours. And I came across some, I guess you call them mental teachers or spiritual teachers. Uh, one's a Buddhist monk. One, one's name is Eckhart Tolle. And he's very, very popular. And he helped me just start to, he helped me just start to be okay. You know, just to calm down. And and just to stop so much of the doubt and fear and and create a little separation between me and the skin, the pain. He he helped me with disassociation and, and uh dispossession, which which freed me up so much. And it was simple language, like uh I no longer refer to it as my psoriasis anymore. It was just the and it was just the symptoms I was facing and, and there was there was power in that. And then to, to create a little separation between my thinking and the itching because th- they were just one and the same. It was always just, I mean, I can't tell you how many of my 60,000 thoughts per day were about the skin, 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 skin. And I needed to, I needed to open my mind to, to thinking about my life and enjoying life a little bit, even though I had to go through the, a lot of the, that fallout. So, so yeah, it was just my time in the tub with Tole. <laughs> and uh and uh another guy named a guy another guy named Tani Saro Baku who's an American guy he's an ordained monk but he lives he lives in San Diego he's, he knows the American rat race he speaks very well and he has loads i mean hours and hours of free talks that are available on YouTube and on his website as mp3s and i liked his no excuses aspect of hey it, it's on you to train your mind it's on you the world is not going to bring you that cure for your illness. It's not going to bring you, you can't wait for the solution to come around the corner and you certainly can't have your happiness out there waiting for you to be a certain way in the world. Uh, Like for me, I always said, well, you know, when I clear my psoriasis up, I'll be happy. I had an emotional feeling of that. And that was, that created a lot of anxiety because that was some future that wasn't real yet or at all. And And he helped me with that. He just helped me work on training the mind taking some breaths and that just really opened me up. Wow. Sounds amazing. No. Sounds like that. that was quite a journey in itself then. <laughs> give give me uh give me a little bit about about your warrior story. You it, it came into your life at at 18, right? So right about the same time in my life. It just popped out of nowhere. Yeah, so um I started to get psoriasis at 16 and it was after well, I only found out after went through all my medical records, but it was after I'd had uh, three rounds of antibiotics, broad-spectrum antibiotics, amoxicillin mm. for tonsillitis. And I think that compounded with that kind of age, you know, when you're maybe like drinking and smoking and not eating the best food and partying too hard, not sleeping very well. Um, I think it, that that just all took its toll. Yes. And um, yeah, so so kind of from 16, obviously, through it's like, eight, you know, in your late teens and then early 20s and, you know, at uni and things like that. So um, it was probably like at its worst, like during those times. 
Um, and I, like similarly, uh, tried different kind of conventional treatments, so like topical treatments. Um, I, I think, kind of considered um, like injections and things like that and, and decided this was the kind of changing of mindset for me, like when these became options, like, you know, obviously methotrexate is like a chemotherapy drug and things like that. I think right. the, the, the fear around some of these options were, were just, um, a bit too much and I, I, I'd I, always had a, a bit of a belief or a thinking or something in my mind I mean it's maybe because like none of my family uh, have psoriasis and it didn't feel like it was you know there's maybe families where there's a lot of people and you think oh yeah it's genetic you know my mum's got it my aunt's got it so-and-so's got it and that wasn't the case for me and in fact I didn't know anybody with psoriasis that I was aware of and um, you know I didn't really talk to anyone about it for years you know because it was like dial-up internet you know many years ago so um, yes. it wasn't really until I started like forums and like chatting to people and then uh, I went to the Dead Sea um, which was a really interesting experience and probably my first experience of actually meeting loads of other people with uh, psoriasis and I found it really beneficial and it did uh, clear my skin, um, but it's mainly through like the sun uh, and the vitamin D and things like that. So, um, yeah. And then I, I was going to say, like, obviously you, you were a massive inspiration to me. Um, so I had read um, Dr. Pagano's book, uh, Healing Psoriasis. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was my, my introduction, I guess, to diet and lifestyle intervention. Um, but I'd also read, like, Deirdre Earls has a book uh, called Your Healing Diet, uh, and I read that as well. Um, and a few others just around, kind of like Leaky Gut and Candida and these kind of things. Um, so, it, you know, it was in my mind, but I wasn't really actively trying it. Um, and I right. Think, that was two. That was two thousand seven to two thousand twelve for me. I had Pagano's book in 07. A, a friend of my brother's who had psoriasis gave it to me, and there's. It's. I think we all have this period with that book. Many of us, because he's he's the conduit. He's the gate. He's opened the door, and his book is essential. Essential. Uh, and God rest his soul. I wish he was still doing his work. And me too. And it makes me really sad because I just think like I. I I feel it actually really upsets me because I feel like he was never properly acknowledged for his work. I think now, like there are so many people I talk to now, and that was their starting point. And I just I'm so thankful that he wrote that book. <laughs> and and he, and you look at his you look at his mentor for that book is Edgar Case who Casey I'm sorry who who uh, in his day what was ridiculed immensely for having having a dynamic uh, or a holistic. Uh, and, and and what some people think a charlatan approach to helping someone get better from an illness, <laughs> which is how they looked at Edgar. Edgar lived in a time before they had all these names for all and labels for diseases. Yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah. So I think that so was that a kind of inspiration for you? Then you're saying you read that book and then it inspired me because now it had opened my mind to the fact that I might have a role to play here even though I had no interest at that time I had no interest in in making the necessary efforts and changing anything in my life uh you know once I got to the pizza page which I'm sure many people you know and they get to the pizza page in Pagano's book like that's the deal breaker page you just you read that page about like the three reasons why you can never have pizza again in your life and you just 
you just you close the book. <laughs> you just you close it, you light a match to it, and you and you call Domino's. I mean, that's that's pretty much what happens on the on the pizza page. But and it was also very in depth and very uh, articulated. So so you you have this laundry list of herbals to go buy, and you and this is before Amazon. So you you actually have to get in your car and find a store. And, you know, and trying to find a store to find Slippery Elm and American Saffron only from America and all this stuff. Oh, it's so defeating. It's so defeating. And it makes you frustrated. And then and then you almost you feel like and you're isolated. Yeah. You almost feel like mad at Pagano for making the book to begin with, you know, and those are the kind of those are the kind of depressing feedback loops I think we find ourselves in when we're dealing with any chronic pain. And that can be pain that your mind creates as much as pain in the body. It's just how your perception of it and and how it circulates around in your life, but it can put you in these dialogue feedback loops. And I'm big on that with when I'm working with other warriors. You know, we have to flip the way we talk to ourselves. We do. It's it's absolutely important. And literature is great for that. And Pagano is excellent for changing the conversation. That is, you know, his book is always a part of the conversation that I feel thousands are already in and I feel millions need to have still. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What kind of moved you to share and document your experience online? Because that must have been like, that's a pretty brave step um, to do what you did. <laughs> it, I was alone. I When I chose my natural healing journey, I had already been working out of country in Mexico at the time with my business partner for two years. I had come back to the States. And while I was in the States that year is when I, is when I went from moderate to severe, I got ill again. And then I, that was the methotrexate days. So when I chose to throw all those drugs out, oh, and just a caveat on throwing out your drugs uh, or your pharmacy or your pharmaceutical or your steroids, let's just call them steroids. Uh, topical steroids, I threw them all in the trash. And if I could do that again, I just want to make a point of weaning off, especially topical steroids and talk to your doctor about how to wean off. They they are experts on the weaning process. Uh, and so most of the time anyway. And and so talk to them, talk to a, a you know a practitioner about that, what your schedule should look like for weaning off. But I, I just threw them all mine away and, and, and my skin blew out red. Yeah, it just blew. It just absolutely blew up, and because I had been using the the suppressants for ten years, so a weaning process based on how long you've been applying them is is I would say a, at least a month per year uh, that you've been on them. And so wean off one month. So for me, ten years. I should have used ten months to come down the mountain of suppression into support of my immune system. Um, so I. I went back to Mexico and I was in isolation down there because I needed, I felt isolation was good. Uh, you know, I needed to get away from my loving family who worried about me and my friends who said, why don't you just go back to your doctor? And there wasn't a lot of support for nutrition. So I just went down there and I, I had, of course, Pagano's book. So I started the Slippery Elm and the Saffron. And then I had one other book that uh, is called The PH Miracle, which was, that's a nice book. The author's been defamed and smashed by the California Board of Doctor Fraternities, and he's a charlatan and a schmack. But he also I, I, I tend to find now that case, but I tend to follow it more. 
<laughs> so like everything I hear now is like, yeah, this is rubbish, this is nonsense. I'm like, yeah, give it another ten years, and that'll be like where the cutting edge research is. Like it's exactly a pattern. <laughs> exactly. Leaky gut, like the pseudoscience into leaky gut. And if you look on like PubMed now, like the research has gone through the roof for leaky gut, gut permeability, uh, all the microbiome, the impact that they have on like the mucus lining and everything. It's just, yeah. It's the, mo- the more I feel like we're ahead of our time, the more I realize how historically we are connected to time. And it, that's big for me. I just, I just think about when somebody, you know, wants to get real specific on which foods to avoid, especially plant foods. I just look at our, our species as, as how long years we've been on this planet. How do we get by before the last 50, 75 years of, of medicating ourselves out of sickness? It, we, we really, we used food. Uh, and that dates back to Hippocrates and his first principle for people that were coming in and complaining to him about the same things we're complaining to doctors about today. I don't think people's problems have changed at all over the last 2,500 years. It's just how they're treated. And then, of course, in this, this day and age, uh, who's behind the treatments? So, you know, for and I just wanted to be behind my own treatments. That was the big decision I made. So to answer your question, when I did decide to get behind my own treatments, well, there wasn't a lot of documentation for anything that I was doing specifically. And I just wanted to share some things that were helping me. So I, I had found a, like a white paper on from Dr. Walter Lass called The Healing Crisis. And because I was concerned about six months, well, not even not even that. The main premises that I changed when I started my journey was I just, I started drinking lots of water. I started, I bought a juicer and I started juicing greens. And uh, I started eating a lot less in general. I agreed with some articles on caloric restriction and how that was helping patients recover from, from letting cancerous cells die off. And this, I was very interested in that. My fundamental belief, and this is, will be till the day I'm gone from this earth, is that I'm up against very, very difficult resistant pathogens. I can't tell you which ones and which strains or what the pathogenesis is. But ever since I first got sick, I had a root canal and then I had a vicious viral strep throat infection. And that was the first time in my life my mom let me use antibiotics because she was one that said, no, let your immune system figure it out and uh, just stay home from school and pound in the echinacea and orange juice. She's a brilliant woman. She she came from a background in in natural remedies and herbals and medicines because she lost my father to pancreatic cancer. Basically, his fight with cancer began the minute I was born. So I really don't know him. But what I benefit from – I mean I don't know him on this earth – what I benefit from is through his fight that he ended up losing, my mom changed her entire perspective. So so before me, I had my three siblings. They grew up in a household that might have had sugary treats and sodas and whatever. You know, just in, back in the 80s, it was a big deal to have junk food. I mean, that's when the junk food really started exploding into the house. So they had that stuff around, but but I grew up in a household of leafy greens, whole grains, n- no processed sugar, no soda. Uh, uh, you know, herbals, herbal supplements that were, that were pretty good quality. Like I said, echinacea when I got a, a sore throat and veggie sticks and all, all kinds of, that's the, the age I grew up in. And, and that is the foundation of the warrior really was that was my mom's influence on me and, and giving me those principles like lemon water. We always had lemon water. That was all we were allowed to drink at a restaurant was lemon water. And here is lemon water. It will always be the fuel, I feel, of healing. So I wanted to share those things that I was doing. And I was, uh, my, my trade is internet marketing, search engine optimization, website design. 
And so I just kind of applied some of those skills to sharing some information and I just decided to upload some videos and that that's, I had no idea what that would become. And it's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> so you really didn't kind of consider the impact that that might have. No, I just, uh, I just, I, the only reason I wasn't fully surprised is because anytime I look at a, a project for, you know, to, uh, uh, for, for Google or search engines, I'm obviously studying the key term traffic. So this was no different. I just went and took this rise's key terms I knew of and found more and just went and saw well, what are the search, what's the search volume like? And it was hundreds of thousands and millions. And so I was like, well, good gracious. So then I, so then I joined the, uh, the Inspire forum which was the forum for psoriasis yeah and and that's by npf and and you know it, a lot of the conversations were about you know how do we how do we use these drugs and what's drugs best and all that and so i was done with the drugs so i wasn't i wanted to create a new conversation in there so i created a conversation that was tied to a blog i was writing about uh my interventions practice and and so I post them up there and sure enough, there were some people that jumped on and I had a journal I kept on there. I wrote in and would put a link to my blog and, and you know, maybe somebody would pop over to my, my blog and people did and said, keep going, man, I'm doing this too. And that, that's where the, that's where we began. We had about 15 of us in Inspire and then, and then, uh, I was happy and Inspire just using their platform. And, and then I woke up one morning and go in there and they, they deleted all my journal entries. And they, and they said it under the under the pre, under the pretense that I was using their website to drive traffic to my site, and that was all I was doing. And uh, they removed all my journal entries. And that you know that was back that was back in my ego days. Like I was talking about, the, the ego hadn't really died yet then. So that I lo- I liked a good I liked a good I like I used to love a good intellectual battle. I mean, I would just, I would love to take you and roll you over the coals to make you stand on what you do, especially online where I can shoot, you, I can do it via chat board. So I can, I can lay down my, you know, my stance and then go back to work and then deal with you whenever you reply. I used to love those fights. And so when Spire did that, I decided to start my own group. And so I always joked that the one thing inspired inspired me to do is start my own inspire forum yeah and, and that's kind of like so i could thank the beast for that one but i i just i uh yeah i wanted to put it out there and and the group was an extension of the videos because i wanted a place for us to just sh- share what we were doing and and try to create a space so when somebody else started to feel their intuition bubbling to the surface underneath all of this what i feel is misinformation burying their intellect once their intuition bubbles to the surface and you feel that animal instinct of like, you know what? I think I'm just infected or I just think I, ever since I had that car accident, I've had psoriasis. Ever since I had that strep infection in the hospital, I've had psoriasis. Like connect dots and maybe it's strep that I'm up against. And that that's what I choose to believe in. And the symptoms I've been through, I've been through some crazy symptoms. Yeah. I kind of echo that. But, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is amazing to just have started this forum basically on Facebook and and it's just grown and grown and grown and it's now so is it like 16,000 people or something are now on the psoriasis healing warriors yeah 16 16,000 strong in the group beautiful people like when my I have you know my admins who help me uh that that help me out of the grace of their heart and time you know for work as philanthropists as you know leaders of women and men and children alike but it's it's because of that team and those strong friendships that I had gained kind of at the beginning 
and they chose to help me manage and moderate and administrate the group. And that's the reason it's been able to grow into the tens of thousands is because of that team. And some of them, they're active when they can be. But what we did when I, I've, you know, and I've many beautiful admins that some that don't, uh, that weren't working with Psoriasis Healing Warriors anymore, but still have their own Facebook groups. The um, John Madison is one. He's a beautiful person. Uh, he, he's UK based and, um, he, he, he's, he's helped thousands. We, we just, just people helping people and, and, and with this, you know, amazing technology like Facebook, it's just so many people are exposed to it, engage with the content. Whereas if you just think about any kind of offline aspect, if we were doing direct mailers, you know, it would be, it would be, t- I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, you and I, before we jumped on, we were talking about this quickening and this digital age and information, how fast it comes. And, uh, it's great. And it's also, it's also has its challenges. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they can certainly impact um, on on your stress levels. I think. <laughs> I think like what what I loved. So I kind of experienced psoriasis healing warriors and went on and and experienced it as a kind of participant. And what I absolutely loved about it was just it was such a positive place to be. And I think um, having been involved in lots of different forums like over the years and you know and especially with long-term chronic conditions you know they really take your toll on you like physically and mentally and I think it was just it was like a real it was it was amazing to go somewhere that was so positive and people sharing positive stories and helping and supporting each other and you know with really positive messages and I think that was the one thing for me that uh, I found it was a game changer for me I, and I always recommend it to people um, to to join it if they're if they're interested in in exploring kind of diet and lifestyle intervention. Beautiful and and thank you for that and thank you for the mention in your book as well. Uh, you mentioned me and you mentioned Nick Lamborghini and you mentioned Hannah Salito. Hopefully I'm saying Salito. Hopefully that's her last name. Hannah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I actually cringed yeah. last night when I was like, "Oh no, Matt's going to yeah. read that." <laughs> <laughs> it was oh God, no, why why cringe? Smile from ear to ear. I, I I really I really appreciate the the mention and I appreciate it on behalf of of all the warriors and they're working their butts off. So I don't use the word warrior lightly or because I watched a movie and it was amazing. I do watch a lot of movies and influence a lot of how I speak and interact in my life, but I didn't use it lightly. I, I meant it to be uh, identifying with a person who is willing to train and work. And not look for any type of appreciation or or, or uh, uh, acknowledgement from anyone, and also to be able to work in the face of all the doubt, in the face of all the people telling you you're nuts for trying this, and then, and then when you do this, for most people, I'd say I'd say 95% from what I can tell in surveys and my interactions with thousands of people, things get worse for you. I mean, I've been through the, the more like the more I push in these powerful whole plant foods, the deeper I go, the, the, the worse the symptoms can get. And, and that is scary. Like, Oh, I'm doing, I've changed it now. It's making it worse. And the, the, you know, so you have to be in it for a while. You have to be in this world, uh, where your body is starting to realize its power and strength. And as soon as it starts to do that, well, guess what? Now it starts, it's time to, to knock out these invaders. And when that happens, that is a whole different experience of symptoms. It has nothing to do with psoriasis circles or plaques or spots or 
I've been I've been through massive farms of pustules. I've had splits open up on my legs around my bone where the knee surgery was. Uh, you know, it just gruesome rash all over the body with just golden brown chunks of skin peeling out of my inner elbows and it has been a war and so i did not use the term warrior lightly and i don't even so much mind what somebody chooses to do with their practice if it's uh, i'm gonna you know knock out dairy or i'm gonna avoid this or try that i was like you know you're 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 great for trying whatever you're trying and just don't just always focus on your power and uh, don't, I don't even like using the word trying because that, that power is where the conversation in your head starts to change. Instead of waking up and being the victim of the symptom, you're waking up and you're considering the, the two or three steps you've been building into your life. At least you're thinking about them, even if you're not doing them. That internal thought process is, is a bit different about the psoriasis monster. It's, it's now it's a, now maybe you're sharpening your sword or you're considering how are you going to fight it. And, and that's changes these thoughts in your mind from, you know, sad, sadness is good, but, but it's, or despair of, of, I have no role to play. I just remember that being the, the mentality I had when I was in the other types of treatments. So that's, yes, that's what I wanted the group to be. I wanted it to be positive, safe, reinforcing, and, and be nice to each other for crying out loud. Be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Don't don't just fall into the Facebook fray of of spattering stuff out there, and and realize you know deep empathy um, that each person in there asking that redundant question that's brand new to them. So that's kind of what the premise of PHW is. And and I am starting an advanced space, an advanced natural healing space, and that will be very protocol driven. But it will be a separate space where people are. And that will be more so of a of a coaching space and a and um guidelines and meeting goals on a certain schedule and accountability partnership and that's for 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 warriors who want to you know want to advance their training and really want to get over this hump of yeah I'm trying some things in my diet and I stopped gluten and it's working pretty good and then the psoriasis comes back because it's winter time and I'm with my I want to snap out of these mentalities of of in the advanced space and say. Let's do a survey. Let's figure out what you're really dealing with. Let's itemize that. And let's go after those things. Let's not just call this, you know, the psoriasis Santa Claus. I mean, it's, it is, it's true. It, the symptoms are worse when it's cold, but it's just because it's, they're worse when it's cold. It, it things like, let's, let's really, let's really look at those things. No, so, so I was going to, that leads me on to asking like, you know, what, what's kind of next for you or what's next for psoriasis healing warriors or, um, you know, the healing warrior video, like what, what do you see as the future? Yes. That's part of the very inner, um, near future are, are, is healing warrior radio, which we are doing now along with gutted. We're actually doing a dual cast, which I think is nifty. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop for us. <laughs> Us little technology creatures, and uh, it, it's, so, so yes, I want to bring it. I want to bring the stories to the radio show. I want people to hear each other's voices. We've been looking at each other's profile pictures and typing to each other, so we felt that energy, and that's good energy. That's that's a good gateway. The group is amazing for bringing people from all over the world to one place to type to each other, and the radio will be us listening to each other. So I want to share stories. I want to talk with uh, experienced warriors, veterans like yourself. And, and I have some questions for you, of course, about your focus on the gut microbiome. And, and I want that to be, I want people to be able to listen to these. And, I, and I'm not even ever going to use the word alternative. This Listen to these 
real conversations about the body, how the body weight work for you, how the body works for me, how I treat myself mentally, what are my, you know, any emotional traumas people want to share because I feel that's just a big impediment uh, to, to your progress is just not getting past some emotional barriers or, or buried truths that you hide and lie to yourself about. We've got to dig that stuff up too. So the radio show will be great for that, the Healing Warrior Radio podcast. Uh, the advanced space that I mentioned, I, I'm now have, we have about, uh, I'm going to start with about 200 of us to start because I don't want to, to just flood in thousands of people to that group. I want each 200 that come in to, to be well into their grizzled training. And then, you know, once they're going and we're, we're, then I'll maybe introduce another 200. I want that to be not just improving results for people because they're following more advanced skills in their life, but they can also become leaders for others. They can go back into the main group. Um, they can help people that are at the first part of their road. So I'd like to, I'd like to help and train other people who are interested in helping others. And if they want to talk about ways to market themselves online, I have a background in that as well. Anything that frees people up to focus more on healing. I just think that healing is number one, as far as what you do every day to improve your health, uh, to reduce the pain, to reduce the stress, to, to reduce the, the mechanisms of the depression for you to work through the emotional memories and the stuff you don't want to bring up anymore, but still causes you pain when you think about it. The stuff where you're just like, you know, your, your teeth cringe when you think when it flies through your head and, um, the ultimate vision is is live retreats i want to do i want to hug people and look them in the eye and so i want to use this virtual world to bring people together in the physical world that that's the ultimate vision and and those don't have to be in one spot i definitely want to have a property here in florida somewhere where with some cabins and campgrounds and it's going to be real earthy and, and it's going to be real downplayed and and uh nature driven it's uh, you know maybe there's a river nearby we're going to jump on the river and do some paddle boarding and 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 but but a lot of it's going to be campfire talk in the woods where people are away from their distractions phones off and let's let's talk and let's let's leave this retreat with powerful friendships uh and then go back to the virtual world and, and continue to burn the fire bright and look forward to the next get together that's really what i want to do and Selfishly, I do want to, out of all of these warriors making all these efforts, I want to document and survey and look at some and, and build some data, some, you know, human data based on honor system. I mean, and this kind of segues me into thinking where we might bridge is, is I know we uh, need, after reading your book and, and reading Dr. Sonnenberg, Justin Sonnenberg's book, The Good Gut, which is excellent on, on the gut microbiome. The end of his book and the end of your book, you mentioned the same challenge, which is from here, we need human trials. We need more human studies. And if it's going to be a diet, lifestyle intervention, human study, I think what you're really talking about is like summer camp. You're really talking about you want to get people together and you're going to it's based on their their putting in the X, Y and Z constraints to really measure f f how how this works, you know, look at their gut bacteria before they start and look how it changes and evolves and differs. And are there, you are, I mean, sure, we're all unique, but so is our gut bacteria and everything about us. But is there a, a consensus approach to helping people get themselves into the most optimal healing zone so they can carry out their unique practice? That's kind of, kind of how, how I see it. But yeah, but bridging... 
over to you because you do you're doing the deep dive into the research and you are and i love this because i am not good at this i mean i could get better at it of course but you're 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 where are we at with the studies and where are these studies connected because they're all in their own paradigms but when you overlap them you're seeing these trends and i'm curious kind of where you see those trends at with research on the gut microbiome of course please define what the gut microbiome means to you to start and then where do you see the studies at well for anyone who's not aware of uh, the microbiome in general so it's like uh, all the the kind of teeny tiny bacteria that live like on and in our bodies um, and the gut in particular is a kind of microbial hotbed um, of activity so um, I think just certainly um, in the last kind of like 10 years I think um, with his advances in technology we've been able to understand a lot more about uh, the gut microbiome and the impact on health and we're seeing this kind of across the board for, for all different conditions um, but there's been some interesting studies uh, into gut bacteria um, and that I cover in my book um, so like levels of particular bacteria like acromantia um, and also just levels of like um, kind of probiotics within the um, the diversity and things like that of, of um, psoriasis patients so yeah I think it's I would say it's kind of infancy in, in some degree um, but it's certainly moving in the right direction um, so I think we're starting to build a kind of body of evidence. What what we don't kind of have at the moment um, are many studies around kind of diet and lifestyle intervention. So I think both Matt and I know the impact of diet. Um, I mean, obviously you experience quite significant healing through diet changes. Um, but as you said, you maybe hadn't kind of brought, brought your 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 mind with you or your body (laughs) with you you know it's like it is a holistic it's a whole whole body thing but um, we do know that diet can obviously have a have a big impact on on the skin and on psoriasis so um but what we don't have at the moment is really robust studies to kind of back that up and see exactly why um so, but I think we're moving in that direction now, which is uh, it's an exciting place to be. And I think I'd, I'd mentioned to you, Matt, like in the UK, um, our psoriasis association, um, they set out a kind of um, priority settings for research and diet and lifestyle kind of intervention was like number one um, in terms of their priorities. So I think that's a really good place to be in at the moment. Good. Yeah, the, the, the sleeping giant might awaken when enough enough people or enough people are showing their displeasure and reporting their marginal if not negative results with the treatments offered so like hey maybe we got to flip this priority list here <laughs> yeah and i think there, ha- there has been um research into you know why like patients so frequently look to complementary and alternative medicines for psoriasis and it's because the conventional treatment is failing um, and it's not having the desired impact or it's having a really short-term impact um, so we know that that is not working for the majority of people um, whereas diet and lifestyle intervention you know emotional mental and physical through like with diet it is having a much longer term impact you know and and most probably getting to the kind of root cause right we're getting this 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 mechanism of the gut microbiota 
and the effects it has, not just on the immune, obviously it's the immune system, but also uh, uh, our thoughts, our brains might have a connection to the gut. There, there has some interesting research there. And then of course, you know, uh, homeos- just homeostasis in general, which just means, you know, a balanced natural health, like you're just healthy as you are. And the gut bacteria is, is the agent's of that health and, and, and systemically, not just in the tube as uh, Dr. Sonnenberg refers to us, we're just a, an elaborate tube vessel for the propagation of trillions of bacteria species. (laughs) His book's really interesting that way, but we're just effectively, yeah. If you effectively look at us, we're a tube that goes from mouth to anus. And there, there's a, there is a strong separation between that tube. And then of course our body, as we, as as we look at it, blood and lymph and tissue and organ. So we're adding in this whole other system um, into that system that we already have so much knowledge of. So just as you were saying, like, you know, bones and blood, the lymphatic system, all these things, we've got a really, really powerful understanding of. But actually, the microbiome is like, kind of blowing our minds at the moment because uh, yeah the the rainforest the the castle you know in the rainforest is kind of how i look at it and i tell someone they're starting out it's if they're asking about their liver or their stomach so just like you to take the stomach the liver the kidneys and the colon back and that's your castle and then you can start the war against the pathogens that you're facing I, i just think that everybody is facing some sort of persistent advanced pathogens or a mixture of them and parasites too. I'm not, I'm not singling them out, but viruses, bacteria, and, and opportunistic life. I just think that most people are dealing with that. If I look at the survey, you know, I have a, a couple thousand surveys now from warriors who want to go deeper. They fill out the survey and there's, there's strong patterns. And, uh, you know, I ask questions like, have you ever had a, sh- a strep infection? Have you ever had mono? And now those are very common. It's very common. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm not, I'm not making causative connections here. But correlative, interesting to, to, sh- to show. They, the interesting thing is the timeline. So when people will answer that question, if they can remember it. If they can't remember the strep infection, it might not even have a, a, part, a role to play. But if they can... How I remember that mono. If you remember that mono, where you were out of school for three months and you barely survived, and that I just think that's a different level of the pathogen that drives mono than somebody else who got a very mild case. I, I think that I feel that there are hundreds of types of psoriasis and eczema, and, and potentially caused by hundreds of different combinations of pathogens and poisons in the body. There's just not an interest in studying all these varieties because the treatments at this point would be the same. So we're not like trying to look into. We have a few types. I'm not saying there's. You know, there's postulars, PPP, and they're all awful in their own way. So this this uh, is a really interesting paper, and it's called Reframing the Theory of Autoimmunity in the Era of Microbiome, Persistent uh-huh. Pathogens, Autoantibodies, and Molecular Mimicry. Um, and it's about it talks about how the theory of, of autoimmunity was developed at a time when the body was regarded as la- largely sterile. Right. I didn't know that until I read your book, and that blew me away. I know, like, and it and it does actually blow your mind when you think about all these beliefs that are kind of so heavily embedded um, in our understanding of conditions or um, you know any condition, not just psoriasis, and and you actually think of the origin of that or how long ago that was established and the time it takes for it's like almost like the process of like research and then like protocol and procedure and then that to be embedded and I mean that can take 
like 20 years, it seems, or longer. Right. Right. The, uh, the autoimmunity theory is the 50s. Is that when that came yeah, about? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Uh-huh. I think and that that was an interesting part of your. That was I was really interested in that. You said autoimmunity, flipping it on its head as far as we how we look at it, and then yes, you mentioned the persistent human pathogens from the the study. That phrase, persistent. I can tell you anything about my battle this 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 seven year journey. It's gone in three specific phases. The first the first phase was the initial detoxification, which was wow. It was so it was like a year of weird symptoms I never focused on before. A very a lot of pain in my neck around my lymph nodes, and I thought I'd slept wrong and stuff like that. But the pain was persistent. It would flow around the body. I had my hips would hurt. I, I've been my right leg went lame once. It was my my lymph nodes swelled so bad. And that was happening. That's that continues to happen off and on. But that started to happen. The spots themselves, the old plaques, were calming. They were they were they were thinning and flattening. So I was really excited. And then about a year in, I went through a six month what I call my zombie phase. And my just from head to toe, I blew out in this rash where I was kind of just oozing. I don't know dead skin lymph fluid that was crusting at the surface. And that, those waves went on like every weekend it would get worse. And it was like, my body knew I had to work during the week. It's wild. So it would let me work. And then Friday to Sunday, it would, it would, it, you know, I don't, you know, people use the word flare. This is just like, it was like waves of toxin coming to the surface that the skin was just like the skin always did was helping with, Oh, let's get it out. Let's get it out. But it was an excessive amount. And then after that, so it was like October, it started and it faded. Uh, April, my skin cleared entirely. The plaques went away. The oozing stopped. The the zombie mode stopped. And uh, that was phase one. <laughs> phase two began about 10 months later and it exploded. And I talked about the erythrodermic expre- response. And that that ran through until about the end of 2018. My skin was clearing very nicely. I thought it's kind of coming out of it for good this time. And But I was saying, no, 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 there's no for good. There's no for good. That's what phase one taught me. So, And sure enough, January of this year, January of 2019, uh, started in the knee. It always starts in the knee and in the jaw, which is where I have the deep infected trauma. So like in the jaw was a root canal. When they pulled the root canal after 10 years of it being in my head, they found a massive cyst, large. And the guy opened it with a scalpel. Yeah. And of course, the psoriasis went crazy. But I think that was fundamental because the the body simply cannot, the immune system cannot get in that dead tooth to get at the the, the microorganisms living in there. And so what are they going to do? They're going to find those places. What am I point being on this whole autoimmunity thing? Wrap this around. They're, they're going to find places deeper in the body to go. We've been training them this with antibiotics. They have to get out of the bloodstream. They got to get out of there. So they run deeper into the body in the lymph stream. They have to get out of the lymph stream too. They run deeper and they go into tissue, into organ lining, into joints. People deal with the joint, the psoriatic arthritis all the time. And, and they get into the skin and the skin's helping with the byproduct that they're giving off because they're, they're proliferating. And so your body's dealing with byproduct. I just look at psoriasis, the symptom, the lesion as the body dealing with the byproduct, because when the body deals with the, with the pathogens, the persistent human pathogens themselves, those symptoms are completely different and they happen concurrently with the psoriasis symptoms. And it all comes and goes together. I, I always break out and spread into more spots before I ever clear up. It always happens that way. But as those spots show up, the big older plaques, they thin out. And it's like, just imagine, 
you know, just, just, I don't know, just imagine a, a building breaking or falling apart, like an earthquake and it just collapses and spreads out, but then you clean it up. I, I feel like the, the body is, is kind of like the, the layers of the onions peeling back thousands of layers of tissue, which your tissue is what that word would resemble, which is thin, thin layers. And in each layer can be toxicity, can be pathogens hiding in each layer. It can be, and, and as the body digs through and cleans each sheet, it pulls stuff up. I mean, one of the first things the body does in my experience with others too, is it starts to burn through visceral fat. So you don't have to be obese on the, on the appearance to be obese and unhealthy. Your, your, the visceral fat is, is what I see as a major issue, which is the fat that collects around your organs. And that is a insurmountable food source for pathogens. Anything that's in that visceral fat that they can grab onto, they will, this is how I feel. I can't point you to the literature, but, it, but, it, and, and, I, and I just, the body metabolizes that fat because I, a lot of people will ask me, Matt, I'm worried about losing too much weight. I'm already skinny. I, I've, I've seen that hundreds of times. And, and I'm like, any fat or weight you lose is weight the body has to lose to get the job done. And if the, if your, if your war cry is removing psoriasis from your life, then let's get as skinny as we got to get. Now, I'm not saying let's let's get nutrient deprived and let's die of starvation. Of course not. But let's starve those little critters that are hurting us and see how we do. Because candida is a big one, right? Candida, it shows up on tests. It's indigenous to us. If if we didn't have candida, we wouldn't be able to drink alcohol. We would just proliferate and puke. And it helps us digest a cell to hide. And that's what it likes to eat. It likes to eat alcohol and processed refined corn syrups. That's what it wants. It, it's... It wants the simplest, simplest food because that's the simplest, just like we do. We want fast food because it's easy. And so they, they, candida will show up on tests and it does need to be killed back. And if it's getting into your joints and flowing around your bloodstream and following all of this processed sugar around and trying to eat it. But what, what I think there's going to be seeing soon is that candida is kind of like the fat drunk guy at the frat party who passes out on the front lawn naked and gets busted by the cops. And the viruses and the bacteria are all running out the back door with, with the keg, you know, we're, we're too, it's true because it's in such massive amounts. But if you really look at Candida's doing, it's, it's, it's interesting. Is it grabbing that sugar so the other critters don't get it? Because Candida, like those mushrooms that you watched grow, they, they're, they're driven on neural networks. They think and send nervous signals and work with the body that way. And fungus can, you know, there's interesting studies on how a certain parasite can get into a rat and make it walk right up to a cat. And then the cat eats it, so the the parasite only proliferates inside the cat's neuron. So it's crazy what evolution does. But yeah, uh, I rabies. I don't know if you well, I don't know if you read the book Ten Percent Human, um, which mm-hmm. talks about like how rabies gets into obviously like animals, like a, a dog, or um, and how it changes the behavior of the dog so that exactly. it can survive, um, so that the dog bites and the dog passes on, like. It it passes itself out. It's all about expanding their genes. It's and that's the same thing. We're all driven on that. All all animals and humans and and microorganisms. It's all about expanding our genes and making sure that we we go on. They're they're seeing a because people are curious as to why might my baby be born with eczema or psoriasis. Like, well, if if there's pathogens causing it in you. And they're, they're going to get into that fetus. I mean, they, they know what's going on. They know there's a baby growing in there and they know the best way for them is to get in there with it. And they're just following nutrients around anyways. And if you, it's, it's, it's always a scarcity battle in there. 
And, and that's where I think prebiotic, eating a prebiotic diet and focusing on probiotic foods and supplements and just introducing all these other bacteria that are more helpful to you. Not only is the fact that they're more helpful to you, but they're also sucking up resources that the, that the baddies were relying on. And, and, and then once those resources get sucked up and you continue to eat fiber that feeds the good guys and the bad guys don't like, they eventually either die down or they, or they move on. Yeah. Yeah. Like using that them. Certainly this kind of like eating the rainbow and the diversity in terms eating of Eating like, the rainbow, yes. Yeah, but in terms <laughs> of like stores like that, that creates a diversity. Um and the prebiotics that you talked about, I think that is that is really vital. And I think that's where um, you know, where things could really be going in terms of um like supporting the gut and supporting gut uh, gut health for psoriasis and um, certainly you know obviously you know a lot about the probiotic elements I think prebiotic elements and that kind of see the rainbow and the diversity of, of kind of plant-based foods as well um, I think that these are all things that we know fundamentally support uh, good gut bacteria and kind of start to crowd out and drown out the, the kind of not so good um, or not so helpful bacteria That's right. in the gut. That's right. So, so with all this being said, now we've you know talked about these trillions of of single cell living organisms that that we have symbi- uh, symbiosis with or or a dysbiosis with, which uh, you know which I think drives a lot of symptoms. And, and so what what do you feel about? Let's talk about food for a second. What, what do you feel about food, or, or have you had an allergy test done with food uh, or certain foods? What, what's your experience with allergy testing with people? So I've had an allergy test done, but there, there's a big back, backlash on allergy testing at the moment. I don't know. Is there? Well, I, I've been hearing it a lot recently. They are very expensive tests. Um, sure. And the, the IgG tests, um, people tend to believe are unreliable. I, again, like I, I don't know. There's a lot of organisations that are doing them. I, I don't know what their their backup is in terms of research. Um, I took one because a friend of mine spoke so highly of it and he was like you have to take this test <laughs> and this this is before I'd made um any major kind of um diet changes so um I chatted to him um about we were on like a snowboard trip and he's like made massive diet changes he'd taken this test um he had removed everything that came up on the test and it just like his life was completely different and I was chatting about psoriasis and he was saying try this test so I did the test it was very expensive and um, it came up with like seven things um things that I kind of presumed so like uh, wheat gluten dairy um but like random things as well like spinach um, interestingly, Chardonnay, which I absolutely hate, like the Chardonnay grape, like I, I can't stand Chardonnay, <laughs> the Chardonnay white. white. The Chardonnay, the Chardonnay <laughs> white grape from from South Africa. It was a specific yeah. South African white grape. That's great. Yeah. How did the test figure that out? That's funny. Yeah. So, well, I think it's like the wine, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, nah, don't. Yeah. So the, there was a lot of things that came up, and I did make changes, and it did have an impact, okay. but more so, okay. like I, I wouldn't say it has direct huge impact on my skin, maybe a marginal impact, but things like um like migraines and bloating and all these things and um I mean I still find that if I have like it's, I'm not celiac I'm not gluten intolerant but um mm-hmm. certainly if I have gluten um I notice like an impact 
on my digestive system my stomach just bloats like massively and I just really I feel really like quite low mood with gluten and I don't know if others have experienced this but like if I have gluten kind of persistently for like more than two or three days it doesn't tend to impact my skin in such a short time but it does really impact my mood my energy levels all that kind of stuff whereas with dairy um, specifically kind of milk cheese uh, milk cream and yogurt actually really impact my skin quite quickly so like in a matter of days yeah I can see um because I've I try to kind of go back to yogurt because I think my like I I tested my gut bacteria before and after diet changes oh that was my next question is if you ever had your bacteria you you mentioned you'd had your bacteria tested I was curious about that I wanted to maybe get that I wanted to try that maybe you totally do and I'm gonna get another one done actually um I've got one sitting kind of ready to do like a comprehensive um, test but the ones that I did uh, showed up really really low probiotics like really low my probiotics were still quite low actually after the diet changes so I think I still have a bit of work to do there um, but the levels of acromantia were incredibly low yeah give, give me a little idea on that specific strain because you mentioned that specifically in your book and changing this, that count yeah, so acromantia, it, it's just kind of like come up like a number of times um, just in research and things that I've been looking at. So um, not always specifically around um, psoriasis, but I did notice there was a study in acromantia in the gut microbiota in terms of psoriasis and just saying that it was significantly reduced in patients with psoriasis. I find that quite interesting because that was my experience from the test that I did. And it, it's shown potentially combat like weight gain and inflammation. Um, just really interesting. But there was quite a significant difference in my acromantia levels before and after the diet changes. And and after the diet changes, you know, like my psoriasis, I would say like my psoriasis is just inactive. Like um, I still get a few small patches on my left uh-huh. ankle. Uh-huh. my kind of left ankle um, but it's really inactive so whereas for the years that I had psoriasis um, on my body it was really raised and red incredibly itchy incredibly distressing I since the, the diet changes um, and obviously this change in acromantia which was significant um, I don't I don't seem to have that anymore <laughs> Um, and I can I can probably get away with eating quite a lot, but as I mentioned, like certain things like gluten, if I eat it persistently, impacts much more than my skin. And and dairy is the only other thing that like if I have dairy consistently for a couple of meals or a couple of days, my skin and my ankle will get itchy. <laughs> and yeah, those those seem to be those those food groups seem to be antagonistic to the to the body's metabolism and its, and its digestion. And of course it, it, it disrupts or upsets certain bacteria or there's pathogenic bacteria that consume that gluten that, that, ex, that proliferate and cause the flares. I, I'm big on the, and that's where I'm with allergy tests too. I, I, uh, is, is, I, I think I feel like that, that pathogenic, that microbial component is there. It's not seen on those tests. I think there's another variable in that equation, which is not just, how does our immune system maybe respond to those or create antibodies around the gluten or the amino acid itself? But what if something else is consuming it that then proliferates that then the immune system's responding to that? The other, like, I mean, the, the kind of layering and the complexities of it is that if you have issues with your gut bacteria, if you have 
um, low diversity, low probiotics. If you have intestinal, if like leaky gut essentially, so intestinal permeability, then those certain foods could be aggravating certain things. So until you heal your gut completely, um, right. you, could put, you could then tolerate all these foods again potentially. But it could be that they are leaking. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and having that that kind of impact on on things and within the body and being circulated in the bloodstream. So feel about you know when someone comes in I, I ask about this because it's a huge deal i see it in the group all the time uh is is uh the the focus on uh, allergy testing and elimination diet now elimination diet is is awesome and, and and certainly when i talk about food and i'm talking about food to heal or my diet or food in my diet of course I, i'm coming from a, a basis of no process no dairy no those are kind of like par for the course so when I speak about foods and I, I just, when somebody comes in from eating that, I guess it's known as an American Western diet. It, when they come in to saying, I'm going to change my, I'm going to start juicing celery and drinking lemon water. And, and I went to my naturopath and I got my allergy test done. So I know what to avoid. And, and here come, here comes citrus, almost every test, citrus, no citrus, no lemon. And then, and then banana, which is a powerful antimicrobial food. And then potato, and then all the all the poor nightshades. And and I and I do like your research on nightshades, and and that is interesting. Fifty percent of people in that survey said that nightshades, when they cut those out, help them a lot. That's great, especially if those nightshades were French fries and ketchup. I'm all for it. And and this is what people. This is why I say when like Matt, what's your diet? I'm like whole plant food. Start there. And then, then think about the categories and the categories and the categories. If you don't like nightshades now, then don't start eating them just to test yourself out. Just don't eat, don't eat them. But if you, if you're roasting an organic potato, and especially if you're letting it cool, I just learned this morning from Dr. Cresser on Joe Rogan's podcast that you 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 steam or roast the potatoes, and then you let them cool, and it, it creates they they create a lot of resistant starch, which is a yeah, your powerful prebiotic food. Green bananas is another one. Green bananas. I always uh, so now I'm eating some of my bananas right away, not letting them turn yellow, and that's another resistant starch. That's just happy bacteria food. They just love it. And um, oh, in the elimination side, and somebody comes in, you still have a weak gut. You still have dysbiosis. You, you still have a bunch of processed sugar flowing around your bloodstream, and you're still taking your meds and you, you just came out of the hospital with antibiotics. This is not the time to do a food allergy test. I feel strongly about that. And if you come and if it shows up with all these powerful antimicrobial plant foods that now you're never going to eat, you're never going to make it. And, and I know I sounded absolute right there, but what I mean by that is, is it's going to get worse before it gets better. And, and doing an allergy test right now in a weak, sick body is like assessing peace in a war zone. You know, you're looking out there, there's, there's mortar fire going off, there's guns yeah. firing. You're like, you know what? It is a little bit more peaceful today than it was yesterday. Get yourself strong a little bit, get six weeks in and then, and then. Yeah. Try something like that. Um, with the digestive issues, obviously, like we know that the the microbiome impacts so many things that like, they make oh digestive enzymes and um, like they do. That's right, these, metabolic you know, enzymes. That's exactly. right. So, like all these things that they do, like can have. So, if you've got really low diversity and kind of um, low probiotics and low levels of specific gut bacteria, like you may be intolerant to loads and loads of different things. So, it's like about building that back up and developing a stronger gut. And, you know, and I, I mean, I think for, for certain things, um, anything that's quite inflammatory, I think it is important to just 
just remove that for the kind sure. of initial healing process um, and to kind of clear your gut out and make it easier for if, if these are leaking um, into your bloodstream or whatever, then I just think to make it easier to ease the pressure off your liver and things like that um, for kind of processing, uh, that'll certainly like help with healing. But yeah, I mean, I think that the jury's out on, on um kind of food intolerance testing and, and when to take it. And I think it's maybe working with a practitioner directly because everyone's starting from a different point, you know? Yes, um, the common sense food groups that, you know, you at least need to minimize if they've been a high part of your diet, like we've already talked about dairy and gluten and, pro- and of course, the pro- anything processed, that knock that out. Uh, build a relationship with food. I feel it's very important. This is my main reason I like a guy named Anthony William, who's also known as the medical medium. And he puts a lot of stuff out there that's very controversial. There's no studies to back up anything he's talking about. And uh, his narrative is such that he has a voice in his head diagnosing people. But if you get past the narrative, especially his second book called Life Changing Foods, he just helps you build a loving supportive relationship with plant foods. So his, his life-changing foods is just 50, his priority foods. And in each one's just four pages on that food has a recipe, it has emotional support conditions it helps with and a background on it. So it's like on the apple and then the, and it's, it's, it's just an essence of, of getting to know these plant foods a little bit and trying one. Cause I know, I know, you know, for many people, they come into eating a, a plant-based diet. And I actually wanted to ask you this specifically on your uh, food chart suggestions. Uh, I didn't see fruit there. And I know fruit uh, is challenging because it does have sugar content. F- fruit is one. I left fruit out for my first two years. I was the only fruit I was doing was uh, juicing an apple into the veggie juice I was taking every day to make it palatable. Uh, but I wasn't eating any fruit. And then um, through Anthony's book, you know, he basically his first book, he writes about fruit. And, and then in the second book, he talks about specific fruits. So I, I added in some of those like apples and grapes. And it's it's certainly taking me, you know, I'm certainly having symptoms that I feel are like healing responses to some of the nutrients in fruit. And I not only that, but I just feel better than I've ever felt on a diet that's consistent in fruit during the day. And uh, I just was curious about your, where's, where's the research and where's your experience on, on fruit and sugar and, and how do you look at that? Yeah, from my experience, I really reduced my fruit intake um, for the kind of three. So when I made kind of diet and lifestyle uh, changes for three months, I was had a really, really strict diet and all alcohol and everything and um and I really I think I was the same similar to you like I think I had apples like green apples or something um but very rarely and that's kind of all I had for that three month period um but now I kind of eat fruit quite freely um I mean in in my book I kind of talk about the Harvard Medical School like healthy eating plate um which I think is kind of like a, a kind of good step in the right direction um if people are looking for balance and that does have fruit on it um but I don't know like I mean I've I've kind of heard anecdotally like different things because obviously like you know John um who we were talking about earlier who was part of psoriasis healing warriors and has his own forum now you know he's really passionate about fruit and has basically like a kind of fruit-based diet um and he experienced ah. huge healing with that 
Um, and this is what I find quite fascinating is I've seen, I've seen so many people experience healing for psoriasis with so many different diets. So a really plant-based <laughs> diet, like a vegan right. diet, um, like you know more P- Pagano-style diet, and then and even to the extreme of like a meat-based diet. A couple of people on on Twitter who are having like a really meat-based diet, and I'm talking like red meat, which most people have kind of removed or reduced. So what what's interesting is that across all the diets, what seems to be removed is the kind of like processed kind of carbohydrates yes. and things like that. Um, anything that doesn't have a lot of kind of fiber and enzymes and uh, like the kind of plant-based eating you know that's been removed or and kind of dairy seems to have been removed Um, so that seems to be a couple of the consistencies across all the different kind of diets that people try but what anecdotally it appears that people have experienced healing with a variety of different diets which I find really interesting Um, (laughs) I think we'll we'll see more of the the means to the end as we go further down the the path of studying the the bacteria that are, that are a part of us that are inside of us that come back to life as we choose to eat a diet that's more ancient. I really that I mean I know that the paleo diet's based on ancestral, uh, and I don't really subscribe to any one diet, but I do subscribe to a, a like a microbiota way of eating or a prebiotic ancient way of eating. Like oh here's an apple on the ground, just eat it. Of course it's the grocery store and it's not on the ground. <laughs> But that's kind of how I poke at food now. I, I that's I, I feel amazing. Uh, I haven't, you know, I've dropped down to my natural weight of one eighty. I think I was at two twenty five pounds uh, when I when I started eating fruit. So the fallacies of fruit gain for weight gain and sugar, all that. It's just the conversation about sugar cannot be just one word called sugar. And if you eat, if I mean, the methylation chart that they actually draw out in, in, in organic chemistry of the, how the human body methylates, uh, you know, polysaccharides down into glucose is insane. And that's like millions of years of evolution have come to that point based on what? Based on us eating those types of foods throughout those years and the bodybuilding systems. I, so I think if you eat a, a food like that from a plant – what whatever whatever the macro whatever the macronutrients are as far as the carbs protein sugar or carbs protein fat just think your body has systems to to work with that yeah and it's so complete as well you know you're not talking about drinking like a sugary drink or you know it's it's got fiber in there it's got enzymes in there along with the sugar um so i just think with fruit it's it's a much more complete package that's right. That's right. And you mentioned the uh, the anti uh, or the uh, the enzymes, and and those that's one of three vital micronutrients. I always say, don't get my, don't get your micronutrients lost in the macronutrient that you're avoiding. If you say I'm I'm eating no carbs, you're a carbon based life form. That's just counterintuitive to every system of your body. The only thing that's working for is your mind, the way you're thinking through this, based on what works for you or what you've read and you're going to implement in order to build your belief around, but still you're saying, you know, no carbs for me. But if you can't, if you say no carbohydrate and you say no fruit because of the sugar, then you're missing out on a a multitude of enzymes. The three micros that I think are the most important, which is their fibers, your enzymes and your antioxidant and fruit fruits just got so much antioxidant. Yeah, like absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of chat about like, like berries and, um, is it resveratrol and things like that? You know, just the, the antioxidants, like you say, that, that, 
the or in the kind of skins and everything. I in the skins, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, like Anthony, I'll mention one thing about him. But when he's talking about the apple, he mentions that you know because the apple does have this beautiful array of dots and white dots, and and somewhere you'll it'll have bruising, but it, the bruising didn't make it through the skin, and he's like, that's where. Uh, a certain microbial infection was attacking the fruit, but the fruit used the sun to fend off the attack before it penetrated the skin. So the fruit has actually created specific antioxidants to wipe out that microbe that you then eat like a medicine. So that's kind of mind-blowing. Like I said, this guy doesn't show you a clinical study for what he's talking about. But then when I started looking at fruits, I'm, I felt like I was looking at at the earth from outer space while a war was going on. And so you say, wow, look at that damage down there. So I'll eat the the brown. They just released a study on apples specifically, which is just cool. It seems we're going the right way. They're doing studies on apples. Whoa. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, and, and there's, they, they came up with a general average of about a hundred million count overall count of bacteria in the apple. Wow. And out of that hundred though, 90 million were concentrated in the core, the part we throw oh, away. Yeah, I heard this. Yeah, yeah. The part we throw away has all these, who knows, undocumented beneficial microbes that actually get inside the apple they grow in the flower, the little the bud of it, and they grow in the core, and they grow on the seeds. And sure enough, now that I'm chowing the apple f- all the way through, <laughs> uh, I'm seeing the seeds. Now I don't eat the seeds, but I but it, you'll see on the seeds sometimes there's all this white green white flora growing. It's pretty. It looks like snow growing on sometimes on the seeds. So I'll, if they have that, I'll put them in my mouth and suck them off and spit the seeds out. But I I want to eat those microbes. I'm all about eating uh, microbes from whole plant foods because if they're if they're bad you know i think they're also coming with good like you said you bring it in the whole package and you know your bacteria helps you digest the the poly or the, the insoluble fiber which helps it but yeah yeah it's it's it is a matter of like that's that's basically my diet and somebody asked me what what's your daily thing I, I i graze on fruits i mono eat them basically i eat an apple here some grapes there a banana I do a lot of brain work. You know, I'm sitting in front of my computer all day. It's just ideal for that type of work. Um, and I'm never, I never, I feel hungry, but I think that's healthy to feel hungry. I think that sends the right evolutionary signals to the body to this is our time to repair and work on healing. Uh, fruit requires no digestion because it's chucked for like cantaloupe has, it's pre-digested because it has so many raw food enzymes. So your body just stores those up to help digest your dinner. I just, it really has, I think, been, and it's so easy. I mean, you know, it's not some complex, like, you know, mix your slippery elm into your porridge and then. (laughs) Oh, slippery elm. I have to say, I was just going to, when we were talking about Anthony there, um, because obviously Edgar Casey was uh, like a psychic and things like that. We were talking a little bit about him because that's what Pagano's book is based on. And, um, you know, he, he was talking about, well, from, from what I understand from Pagano, like things like psyllium husk and slippery elm and, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, prebiotics, really, that we know of now as prebiotics. And I mean, it's just crazy to think that they were exploring these and suggesting these before there was any research in this area at all whatsoever. Um, and now we know that things like slippery elm and psyllium husk and um, there's another one. <laughs> I don't know. It's like trash. Tra- I'm trying. Tra- yeah, that's right. I'm trying to get the third work. So I just read that, and and that was new new yeah. information to me. In your book last night was was that they are actually a prebiotic. They feed not only do they help thicken the gut wall like plaster, but they're also feeding the beneficial microbes that are down there being napalmed for years, <laughs> and burned and torched and t- and just 
annihilated by the other bacteria that have grown to learn how to adapt. That's yeah. kind of the the but issue in there. One, uh-huh, there was um, a kind of study on Vedic medicine, um, and it talked about uh, this this particular prebiotic and the polyphenols modulate the the human gut microbiome and promote the growth of the beneficial um, kind of probiotic stuff while inhibiting the growth of the undesirable kind of gut microbes so um, I mean it's a pretty powerful gut hack you know like um, yeah. if you're wanting to really uh, super power up your your microbiome then I think prebiotics is certainly um, a, a way to go that's absolutely absolutely true and the fact that slippery elm is a prebiotic makes more sense why it helps at the beginning it's not just about plastering and, and plugging up the holes it's it also feeds the the watchers on the wall as i call them yeah, but it, on the wall. Yeah, it, fe- it feeds them <laughs> and it and that's that was interesting and psyllium husk i think was something that casey found from from egypt they were doing psyllium husk for people who couldn't who were constipated and they were, I mean, of course they weren't, maybe they were privy to the bacteria, who knows, but uh, they just saw it as a cause and effect healing mechanism. And that's where I think we just need to be as people uh, t- carrying out our own natural healing practice. We got to stay focused on, I stay focused on cause and effect and sourcing and solutions. And, and, and that's more than the mental and emotional side source why you're angry right now it's not because of the traffic it's not because your friend did something bad to you it's not it's just just pull back pull back pull back it's probably just the symptoms again getting at you and and just just don't give them many faces just say it's itchy it's ugh. Uh, just don't just 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 breathe let it pass yeah let's let's let it go let's let's breathe it out let's take a step back let's stop vocalizing pain and and let's slow down our impulsive responses to things. And, that, and that's where practices like meditation and yoga and Qigong have really, really helped me. Oh, gosh. And the meditation to me is is just uh, is a challenge of of the constant thinking. It's not s- something where I am thirsting for enlightenment. I'm just thirsting for more freedom in my mind and and, and less less perpetual thinking about s- stuff outside of my control. So I basically look at a meditation as a time to reassess what's in my control and what's outside of my control, especially if something's eating at me about work or to-do list and and then and then really try to to lessen the thinking about stuff outside of my control. Like one thing outside of my control and anybody dealing with psoriasis or anything else is I don't know how long it's going to take. And that's the one question I get more than any other question. It's just how long is this going to take, Matt? If I do this juicing thing, if I do this water, if I stop drinking beer for, I mean, how long until I can have my next Bud Light, bro? I, I, I answer the question. This is how I answer it. It depends on what you're dealing with, what concoction of poison and pathogens you're dealing with, how deeply rooted they are uh, in the body. Uh, you know, for me, mine's in the bone. I know for sure when they drilled that ligament into my knee, infection got in there and I can watch it come out of my bone. <laughs> it's taking... A long time. It might take the rest of my life, but it gets better in each phase. So that's what I hold on to. But mm-hmm. how long is it going to take? God knows. And yeah. but for you, if it's deep, if if it's well, for for the person, if if like my like Craig Dobia is one of the, he came out of the hospital with a after a strep infection and just had gutate psoriasis blow up all over his body, and he found uh, me and he asked he he told me what had just happened and I I gave him specific foods for strep. And herbs and and some probiotic and 
He got it before it got deep in him. And he refused the antibiotics. And that's the third aspect of, of how long it's going to take for you. How many courses of antibiotics have you done as it pertains to the eradication of your gut bacteria? Because some might not recover ever. Um, and that's, you know, Sonnenberg, they, they study, the more they see, they study that work. They're like, some came back, but not all of them did. Uh, and maybe a probiotic can help that one mutate and come back. So you try a probiotic or more fermented food. And that's why it's such a long road. Uh, we have a lot of, the, the body is, uh, you know, there's a lot of reprogramming of, but but the more, the less people try to think their way through it, I see the the kind of the, I guess, for, la- for faster they make progress. That progress isn't dictated by, well, I have clear skin now. The progress is really the new warrior mindset, which is I, I have awareness rising. I have responsibility gaining and I am going to be accountable to my body. And that's kind of the, that's the, the, the triangle I give people is just awareness, accountability, responsibility. There's, there's no doctor out there. There's no one to blame. Nobody's um, coming to help. This is what I'm, David yes. Logan says. Nobody's coming to help. Like you're on your own. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, and I felt that was a massive shift in me when I kind of realized like, oh, actually like, you know, my family can't help. You know, the doctors can't help. There's, everyone keeps telling you there's no cure. There's no that. And you're like, right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm my only savior, you know, like I'm the only yeah. person that can make these changes. And I think uh, it's interesting to see the kind of people who gravitate more towards diet and lifestyle intervention and it tends to be the more severe cases or the more long term mm. you know if people have had the condition for a long long time they've kind of tried everything else and they're ready to make the changes like I was or you know people who have a more severe case who who really have have not found any hope through conventional treatments they're ready to make the changes and it, it, it is a change it's a change to your life set uh, your lifestyle your mindset and um you know your your kind of whole approach to things really it's a quite a huge change really <laughs> it is a it is a fundamental change and it, but the, the the cool thing is it's transcendence so when, when you when you're healing psoriasis naturally, you, you are transcending psoriasis. Psoriasis is just a label based on some old Greek word because that was the first time somebody in Greece was itchy and then they started bleeding and didn't go away. And it, it's just don't get glot up in that that label because now you're transcending. Now now everything you do to combat this psoriasis monster is going to help all of your organs and your body and your health and 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 you're and you're lowering your probabilities of cancers and blood work cardio because it's all intertwined. You're chronically let's put it down, let's get plain brass tacks. You're chronically dehydrated. You have dirty blood. You have a tired, sluggish, hardening liver who can't filter the blood anymore. So now your heart's sucking blood like a milkshake through a small straw. <laughs> your skin, the skin is the last thing. It's just, and, and of course, it's the first thing because then you see it in the mirror and our vanity dictates that we have to do something about it. But it's, it, it's, it's true too. If somebody has mild psoriasis, like you mentioned earlier, they might not be ready for that full flip. So what I like to do is if they do have mild psoriasis, I just keep it very ho-hum with them. Oh, just start drinking some more water, man. Or lady, <laughs> just start drinking some more water. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And they might just start drinking lemon water and that one little patch they had on their head uh, would fade away just because they're so dehydrated. And then uh, somebody else, uh, yeah, you know, uh, change what you're eating for a while and cut out the dairy and the gluten and that's enough for them. That's great. And that's cool. And that's another mild case. And we're, we have, you know, hundreds of mild cases going away every every week with this so-called incurable disease in the group. 
And then there's the moderate cases, and then there's the advanced cases. And the advanced cases are more ready and advanced symptoms. I just, like I said, the symptoms are more advanced because you're dealing with something more hardcore than somebody else. It's deeper in you than somebody else. And, and your treatment history is different than anybody else's in your trauma history. And I think there, there's a lot of, that's where this uniqueness is, uh, you know, cause I try to keep people away from the, the absolutism of, oh, I tried diet, didn't work for me. Like, well, that's, that's very absolute, you know, or, 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 oh, you know, diet doesn't work for everybody. I've tried all kinds of things. I've tried everything. And I, I just like, I just, I just tell people to stay away from the nevers, evers, everything's, anything's, nothing's just, just stay pragmatic a little bit sure. and realize stay, that. Stay open. <laughs> exactly. And, and just, just try to perpetually pat yourself on the back that everything you're doing is working. It's not, there's no past tense here. The work works. It, it always works. It, it, there's no, it didn't work or it worked. It, it's, it's all ing all of it i'm doing 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 and 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 then you and then a little bit of empowerment comes out of that and so it's transcending because you feel better everybody feels better no matter how far their skin gets they all report back yeah man since i stopped drinking every night and since i've been drinking water i'm doing i'm feeling better and even on a carnivore diet even if you're eating nothing but red meat if that also meant that you stopped eating McDonald's and now you eat a grass-fed burger that you make yourself, that's a huge difference. That's why I think everybody improves on paleo. It's it's what they cut out more than what they've as much as they've added in. But as you as you know about me, I, I just you need to add in things first before you tell someone, "Yep, yep, no more of this, no more of that, no more of this, no more of that." It's let the food let the food work on them a little bit. If they do start adding in an apple or some real sugar. And then they realize that their cravings for the processed sugar are going away because the body is demanding glucose. It wants it badly. The liver wants it. The brain wants it. The nerves want it. And you can construe that as, oh, I just, I just need a piece of chocolate, you know? But uh, I think that there's, you learn all those things about yourself on the journey about, about what you're really after. And that's the trick with meditations. You sit down and you realize how much you, uh, how much you manipulate yourself into, yeah. into all this stuff. And like meditation is just a point to sit down and start, start busting yourself for doing start that. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. That's not the way it is. That's not the, what, what is that really based on? What is my source on that? Oh, nothing. Okay. It's just something I heard and that's something I'm repeating. This has been, you know, how, how many years in the making has this been this conversation? Six, five, <laughs> I know, five yeah, years we've time. known each other online. And so that's, so people hopefully will feel that, that energy in our voices that I this know, has been a, a culmination. When you sent me that thing last night, I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. So like, we got to uh, say, we got to say that real quick. So your first, the first page of your book, you started with a, your Einstein quote, which, which I love. I don't have it right in front of me. But uh, you're you're infinitely curious. There's something special yeah, about have, you. You're just I infinitely have, curious. I have, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. Yes, I have no I'll special talents. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and mine from from him is we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them, and that and that's basically it. That's mental, but also it's just an aspect of you got you got to gut the the programming and the conditioning a, a, a good bit. And like I said earlier, what you've been telling yourself that might be full of crap and really where, where are you at with that? And it's just carve out a new uh, mentality. But then in your first page, 
and you mentioned that, hey, today is the first day of the rest of your life. That's a that's a knitted picture that I've had on my wall here that my grandma knitted uh, who knows how long ago. And I, I see it every morning I wake up right now. It just blew my mind. I have this knitted. It says, today is the first is the first day of the rest of my life. And, I, and I've been really meditating on that when I wake up. I'm like, you know, it's wow, it. It's good. It's good. It's good. So mad. Oh, I it's love good. that. It's really cool. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's a synchronicity. Been so, it's been so nice to chat. I feel like yeah. it's been like, yeah, what a lot of information. I hope, I hope people really get a lot from this and um, learn a lot and yeah kind of move move take another little step on on their journey because I I just think the more people talk about this um and share experience like you know I was saying earlier like I think you were so brave to kind of start vlogging and sharing your story online and in a video format as well like um but I just think the more people do this and share experience the more powerful it becomes Absolutely. And to get back to what you're saying, what 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 encouraged you to do, to share things online? Honestly, the 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 main the first emotional response was that well, it, it wasn't working when I was doing it for myself. As soon as I started helping other people, I was helping myself, and 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 I was making progress because I felt I felt like I was helping others. And I feel that the, us humans are very tribal, and we really want to we really want to not just be the coolest dancer at the party. We want to teach everybody at the party how to dance so we can all dance together to the same tune. Aww. And that's that's really what the sharing was all about. The video is just, it's just putting myself out there to see if there's anybody else dancing to this crazy music. That's it just, turns out there was a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of crazies, all kinds of moves. And and that's what I love. I love hearing about, you know, people's moves. Like what what's driving you into the action you you take and uh and, and that's that you know what what makes you dance that's been quite an eye opener um certainly i've learned a lot and thank you for uh yeah sharing i'm gonna go and look up a lot of the people that you were chatting about today <laughs> and <laughs> and learn a bit more so thanks for sharing that and thanks for for joining us on the cushion it's been great having you here it's been one. It's been wonderful, and we'll, we'll share all the. We'll, we'll share our sources and mentors in the in the show notes and the posts, and then spread spread some of those books around. But it's been wonderful having you on Healing Warrior Radio, and I feel that the more we delve into the gut microbiome and how these little microorganisms are changing our destiny, the better off we will be. All you psoriasis healing warriors out there, so you're talking to an expert here. <laughs> I hope you're talking about me. I'm not you, not me. <laughs> I'm not an expert. <laughs> we just leave that leave that open ended. Whatever they think the expert is. Yeah. <laughs>